Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, and this is Trade Negotiations. Now, this particular episode is just a wee bit special because this is the 100th time that I've recorded for the Cheers to Comics podcast. This isn't technically the 100th episode based off the the formatting and the numbering system I do, but this is the 100th episode recorded. So... With that being said, uh, I, I decided I, I had to spend some time on a... I wanted to do a trade negotiation. I know if you guys follow me on Twitter, I put up a poll, gave you guys the opportunity to pick what that, that trade negotiation topic could have been, and I decided I wasn't going to fucking listen to that. <laughs> I had a, a, wild, uh, a wild notion last second that I wanted to talk about something that was not on that list instead. Yes, I know you guys voted for Saga, but that's that could still happen. Saga's not going anywhere. It's sitting on my shelf. However, Batman Who Laughs is something that may or may not be relevant forever. Well, I don't know. Still fairly new. And I know that when the, the latest seven-issue series started up, I read the first two and realized that I wanted to save all of that for the rest of it for this type of occasion. So here we are. I saved it for the 100th freaking episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast. Once again, not officially the episode 100, but the 100th episode. You confused yet? Um, yeah. I do believe that the actual hardcover or the trade paperback, one or the other, drops this week as well. So the, the, the timing's right. The timing's right. If it's not this week, it's soon. I know it's coming soon. Maybe it was last week. I don't know. Fact is, it's within the realm of time. So, without further ado, let's get on with it. This is a heavy, heavy spoiler-based podcast. This is a full overview of, yeah, of this book. Yes, there are still aspects and elements that I leave out so that one still has new things to enjoy when they go about reading this on their own. I'm not here to prevent you from having to go out and read it, but at the same time, if you wanted to know what the hell's going on, and you don't have the means to be able to do so on your own without it being through audio form, (laughs) then, yeah, this podcast is your savior. So, here we go. Let's start with chapter one, or the first issue, if you will. So we start now, we got ourselves a little Batman chase, as we do, throughout Gotham. And these smugglers, these people that are being chased, they got themselves some corpses. And they've smuggled these unidentified bodies from the morgue. And these bodies are just, like I said, they're unidentified. They're lost causes. They're John Doe's and Jane Doe's and, yeah, whatever the terminology is these days. Them Doe's. Batman, he he gets to the, the bad guys and he opens up one of these caskets and he sees the... Uh, this motherfucker is him. Well, at least a version of him. Upon further, further examination, uh, they they take it to the the mortuary, and Bruce disguises himself as a mortician so he could do the autopsy on his own self. So as he's going through and examining, he realizes that you know the scars match up until a certain point into his life, and they realize that. And by they, I also Alfred is also in his ear during all of this and they realize that they uh uh but the the time period in which the scars don't match up to the current bruce wayne scars 
changes after the event of Batman getting his back broken by Bane. Wow, that was a lot of bees. How's that for alliteration? <laughs> Batman gets his back broken by Bane. Well, from then on out, the, the scars, they, they lessen quite a bit to the point where there really aren't any more major scars. And as a matter of fact, even laugh lines develop around the, the facial area. Really in signaling the fact that Batman, or that Bruce Wayne, he retired and he took a different path. And what that would mean, and going further into that, is this Bruce Wayne comes from a different dimension, obviously. And if you've been following the, the Dark Knight's Metal and the Batman who laughs and all of that stuff, I can't really get into all of the origins and all of that. I don't have time for all that. That's Yeah, I'm following this particular story. But the Batman who laughs essentially comes from another dark dimension and he has the ability to open up all these other dimensional portals and other versions of other one's selves fall down. and Yeah, so that's, that's what the fuck's going on here. So carrying on, now they got to figure out what, what all of this means. So uh, from there we cut to a scene where we think, you know, we're, we're, we're duped. We've got air quotes, Batman, he's making his way through Goth or through Arkham Asylum. And the guards are just letting him go through because they figure him fucking Batman. But then all of a sudden shit goes hyper violent and this Batman starts fucking motherfuckers up. I mean, even goes as far as to damn near burn Victor Freeze alive in his cell and damn near. Doesn't kill him. They, they I, I thought for sure he killed him. I don't see how you're surviving that. But they do touch on later on. He, they say he nearly killed him. Now, who is this? This is the Grim Knight. Now, this is somebody that does come from the, the Dark Knight's Metal storyline, but very little information has been given on this character. And this is the first book where he really pops up in fucking badass storytelling. So the Grim Knight is going to be very much a part of this story. And the Grim Knight is an alternate version of Batman, and essentially is... What if Batman or Bruce Wayne picked up the gun instead of Joe Cool in Crime Alley? And essentially, we got ourselves a Batman with all of the means that Bruce Wayne has, as far as his, you know, richness and technology and all of that shit, his wealth. That would be the word for richness, because I don't think that's a word. <laughs> but he has all of those means, and he also has no problem in using guns and killing. So he's hyper violent. Keep in mind, this is an alternate version of Bruce Wayne. And the 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 dope superpower <laughs> that he has here... Ooh, can I get into that yet? No, that's that's for the next issue. No, no, I can go ahead and explain that. I'll, I'll save that. I, I don't need to save that. So, uh, really, what's going on here... They do explain it in the second issue, but I can touch on it a little bit now. Is that this... Beyond him just being a Batman with all the means, and the willingness to kill and murder, he his his tech game is on point. Yeah, we all know Batman's tech, but when you have the willingness to murder and you have that tech, he, he's he's so in tune with Gotham's uh, technical infrastructure that I mean, he could kill you without anybody ever finding out. Say you have GPS on your... Uh, or one of them self-driving vehicles. Well... He could tap into it and drive you off a fucking bridge without anybody knowing any different. Or having, you know, I don't know, just the, the possibilities. He's able to control the entire Gotham City uh, technical infrastructure. So, yes, the, the, the means are 
never ending. So carrying on, these two, they make their way. The, the goal is to get to Joker. Joker's sitting in his cell, and the Grim Knight comes up, and Joker's laughing in his way. <laughs> and says, oh, you're not going to kill me. And he says, you're absolutely right. And he steps to the side, and behind him is the Batman who laughs. And he takes a knife, and he stabs Joker in the fucking brains. So... Yes, uh, by the way, this book's not for kids. So he stabs Joker in the brains, and let's, let's go back to Batman. He's in the Batcave. He didn't know this happened yet. So he's, he's in the Batcave, and uh, Batman is essentially, he's telling Alfred to decrease all security protocol, and blah, 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 or Alfred's confused, but he does it anyway. And the reason behind that is, is Batman knew that there was a breach in there, and, yeah, well, that breach is from the Joker. But what? He just got stabbed in the head by Batman who last? Yes, he did. But it turns out that was not the Joker after all. That was, in fact, a decoy, which is explained in the second issue. But I guess we could save ourselves the time. <laughs> so, yes, that's... and But, yeah, I'm all... I guess it's not. They they touch on. They do. They do mention it in the first issue. I guess. Yeah. They they don't leave us completely confused there. So yes. Um, decoy Joker was the one in the cell that got stabbed in the brains. Now. Ah uh, yes, Joker is in the Batcave, and he pulls out a gun, points it at Bruce. But the thing is, is that it's a trick gun. It fires backwards. And it shoots the Joker in the heart. Now, Brian, why would he shoot himself in the heart? Surely he knew that that was a twit gun. Um, well, you're absolutely right. So, the thing is, is Batman knows. He, he knows this beforehand, or at least always believed, that the reason why the Joker hasn't been killed in all these years by anyone else is because uh, if the Joker is killed, there's this toxin that is released from his heart. And he who breathes that toxin, presumably the one who kills him, would become the next Joker. So, well, Joker's dying, toxin's released, shit's going down in the back cave, yo. And just as the Joker's taking his last seem, I mean, seemingly um, dying words, he says, to beat him, you have to become him. So that is signaling that Joker is there... He made the ultimate sacrifice to shoot himself to do what it takes for Bruce to do what it takes to beat the Batman who laughs. Now that is fucking metal. Joker being an anti-hero in his own way is still creepy though. Like he makes it look like he's gonna shoot you and then he shoots himself. But it's not. <laughs> it's not all for good. He also realizes that now Batman is now infected and will become the next Joker. So, yeah, that's that's issue one. That's how this run started. Ugh, fuck. So goddamn good. Let's let's go into issue two. So now Batman and Alfred are trying to operate on Joker, prevent him from dying, because, I mean, yes, he's been shot in the heart, but maybe the toxin hasn't been released completely because he's not completely dead yet, so there's still a hope. At least that's kind of what I get, gather out of this, because... Some shit obviously happens after he gets shot in the heart because Bruce starts to no longer seem like himself. And from here on out, he is uh, drawn with red eyes. And that's, that's the best way of Jock uh, 
the artist. By the way, I, I didn't give any shout-outs to the creative team. Scott Snyder and Jock. So, bam. Uh, yeah, they... Jock uses that as a way to differentiate our Batman, which seems to be the more evil one just because of the red eyes throughout the the way this story's told, and the Grim Knight, because the way Jock draws is more of a an outline guy, not a detail guy, if that makes sense. So he's got to have very distinguishable features, and he does a good job with this. Uh, now, I, I will admit that I was somewhat confused at first, because usually the good guy isn't the one depicted with red eyes, but you get used to it. You definitely get used to it. So anyways, carrying on, uh, Batman is uh, dead set on saving the Joker, operating the best he can, but he's not actually the one operating. He's the one, he, uh, he's dictating Alfred on what he should be doing. While all that's happening, we see Batman getting himself all pumped up uh, with these these uh, yellow syringes, and he's really just overdosing himself with the anti-Joker serum. So, yes, he was fully prepared, and all of his his uh, hypotheses about the the Joker or yeah serum were, were was true. So yeah, fucking Batman. Um, well. They, they they stabilize Joker despite Alfred's best wishes. The whole time, he's like, I don't, I don't think I want to do this. And Batman's like, do it. Do it, Alfred. Fucking Batman. <laughs> so, yes, no, that's uh, for lack of better words, really. <laughs> um, or their words were way better is what I'm trying to say. But essentially, yeah. That's, that's the little banter going on in the beginning. From there... We get a meeting, and I was very confused in the beginning, but <laughs> I'm here to help you with that. We get a meeting between Commissioner Gordon and what seems like Harvey Bullock, but Harvey Bullock's dialogue is done in a manner that it would be Batman talking. Well, that's because Bullock is Batman. He's just in disguise so that he could meet with Gordon publicly, and Bullock was actually, the real Bullock was actually sent on tunnel duty and some traffic whatever so that's yeah he, he's away from the scene and yeah so that's what the fuck's going on there well the reason why they're talking is because all of these bruce waynes have been falling from the sky <laughs> yeah take that in for a second yes bruce waynes have been falling from the sky and yes bruce waynes from alternate dimensions and that's why batman's there to discuss this he explains to gordon who the batman who laughs is and gives him a little back history on all of that and says, yes, no, this is, um, yeah, the, the distinguishable features, and yada, 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 and this is what's going on here. Batman who laughs, he's, he's after something. What that is, I don't know, but as they're examining the bodies a little further, they realize the, at least the one that they're in contact with at the moment has a puncture wound taken out of it, and they see, or right around the heart, and apparently that's, the heart is the freshest blood, so the last blood to die after the, 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 I don't know. I don't understand science or doctors and stuff, uh, anatomy. But, um, yeah, so that's their explanation at least. So it's believed that he's taking that last little bit of blood life force and he's going to make something with it. Well, the thing that he's making is this, this, well, serum. And this is what creates the darkest versions of oneself. So the... Batman who laughs, the so-and-so who laughs, 
all of that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's there, there's there's a lot going on here. Snyder's really given us a lot of story, I will admit, but you know, after reading it enough times, I I, I can appreciate it for sure. <laughs> Most of you probably won't have to read it as many times as I do. I'm fucking stupid. Keep that in mind. So. Uh, yes, the, the, the two are having their discussion, and as Bullock, and, yeah. Well, uh, Batman says to, to Gordon, look, I think I know how we can to do all this. I think we know the serum is going to be released in this particular manner, and uh, Gotham City has been prepared for such an ins- instance. And he says, come look at my map. So they go to Wayne Wayne Manor. And they pull up this map, and Batman's describing to Gordon this uh, Last Laugh Initiative. And essentially what the last, last, initi- last Laugh Initiative is, is the last line of defense for Gotham City. In case there's ever a pollutant type of breach, nuclear fallout, uh, water contamination, anything like that, this Last Laugh Initiative is prepared for any type of instance. And essentially it kind of um, puts Gotham in a bubble and keeps all the bad shit out. Any bad shit that would be in is... Yeah, there's there's a plan for it to to get it out. So, yeah, that's what the Last Laugh, initi- last laugh Initiative is. Uh, the thing is, is that there's fear that Batman Who Laughs may be aware of that. And right on cue, we cut over to Wayne Tower, where the control panel for the Last Laugh Initiative is located, and the very tippity-tappity floor. So, Batman Who Laughs, he shows up, but thankfully for him, the, the elevator guy, he's a blind old man. Or at least I would imagine he's blind, because he doesn't... As the Batman Who Laughs walks up, he's very much looking like himself, but... Based off the dialogue, you could hear the voices being disguised. Or maybe the Batman Who Laughs just sounds like Bruce Wayne. I mean, I guess that would make sense, because it's an alternate version. I just don't... I would imagine that when the Batman Who Laughs makes it into the animated DC Universe at some point in time, and we know it's going to happen. Oh, we need a metal movie, DC Animated Universe. But uh, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be voiced by the same person that would voice Bruce Wayne. I just don't see that happening. So I would. my point is, is that I would imagine that the BWL is disguising his voice. But that's it's really neither here nor there. Either way, it's enough for the, the old stupid geriatric fuckhead to just let him ride up into the top floor. And as soon as the elevator dings... The Batman who laughs just starts cutting motherfuckers up. All the security guards, they ain't got shit on him, and he's got these big two goddamn knives that he's just motherfucking hacking shit up and body, limbs, and fingers, and arms, and guns, and hands without arms attached to him are flying all over the motherfucking place. So, yes, ultra-violent for about three pages, actually. So, (laughs) it's a quick read, despite how long it's taking me to describe this. Um, <laughs> or at least this particular issue. So, right on cue, Batman arrives. And we get a fight between Batman. It's not much of a fight, but there is a fight that goes on for, I guess, about a page and a half. And Batman is very aware that Batman Who Laughs is more nimble and faster and dodgier. But Batman says, I'm stronger. And as he goes to, to throw all of his power moves at him, he realized that, realizes the Batman who laughs is 
more than prepared for all of those moves. But Batman is also more than prepared for such an occasion. So he developed this whole new fighting style that the Batman Who Laughs would never, never know. Because it's brand fucking new. And it's called Bam Pow. Or Bam Pow. Um, uh, the no name was coined by Alfred. Because he likes to uh, associate the onomatopoeia Bam and Pow with Batman Who Laughs. And he knew that Bam Pow would not be used until Batman Who Laughs arrives. <laughs> it's fucking great, man. It's so fucking good. Uh, <laughs> Bam Pow. That's a new thing. Uh, it's the new Wing Chun. But as, as useful as this tactic seems, uh, as Batman Who Laughs lays on the ground, he's explaining, look, I planned all this. And, uh, you know, all of this, all of this was all a part of my little equation. Even the part with me laying down here on the ground talking to you and distracting you, and then BAM! Batman gets shot in the motherfucking heart. Uh, and who does he get shot by? The grim motherfucking knight. He's way off in the distance with a sniper. Now, the thing is, is he didn't, he didn't get shot with a regular bullet. He got shot with a bat taser. So anytime Batman tries to move or um, even talk, for that matter... He's electrocuted, uh, and any any noises he makes, there's a frequency that distorts his his noises. Uh, so yeah, no one could hear him scream. So yeah, no, it's uh pretty fucking gnarly, pretty fucking gnarly. <coughs> so um, well, that's that's happening. Um, Batman fights through it though. He does fight through it because he's Batman. And, but it's too late. Batman Who Laughs disables the Last Laugh Initiative and blows up Wayne Tower. Destruction fucking Fight Club style. Just, Wayne Tower goes down and it's, it's fucking bad. It's bad. Batman gets back to the Batcave where a unconscious yet stabilized Joker lays there. And he's trying to wake him up. Wake up. And he wakes up. <laughs> and he does. Uh, it goes pretty much just like that, actually. <laughs> and Joker does wake up, and he says, Look, I know how you could defeat him, and you got to talk to uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon's son, James Gordon, that criminal motherfucker. And that's where we leave off. So, useful information. Joker has all the answers, just not the abilities, apparently, to beat the Batman who laughs. I found these first two issues very, very, very fucking entertaining. Very entertaining, and it totally sets up the excitement between 3 through 7. So, let's get on with that. So as we know that, according to Joker, one of the, the answers to defeating the Batman Who Laughs is Commissioner Gordon's son, James. Well, and that's what we do, that's where we're going. We're starting out this issue, and James, he's... He's a reformed criminal now. He's no longer a psych psychopathic lunatic. And not set out to kill Gotham. He's, I don't know, working in a grocery store or something like that. He's packing boxes. He's in shipping departments. It doesn't matter what he's doing. He's just doing a normal-ass job. Well, Gordon shows up and says, I need your son. Let's try to hash this out. I believe you. Batman's also there. But the thing is, is Batman doesn't want the reformed version. Batman needs the psycho version. So, yeah, um, I'm not exactly sure where where that's going yet. But that's that's what he says. I don't I don't want the healed version. I I need I need the fucked up James. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, well, you're probably wondering what use Batman has for James. Well, the thing is, is that he has knowledge of the, the, the sewage system under Gotham. And that is where the last possible failsafe to the Last Laugh initiative remains. So he's got to figure out, not necessarily how to get to it, but he would have to use his, I wouldn't say abilities, but his knowledge to determine which way the Batman who laughs would take to get there. So they'd have to find the faster way. So... Yeah, that's 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 the use he has for James. For the most part, there's there's more to it, I'm sure, but it's mostly his knowledge for how under Gotham works. On account of that's where the failsafe is. Well, before they can get to all that, the Grim Knight shows up and he says, "I'm after Gordon." We get a little bit of a scuffle. <laughs> uh, it actually, I mean, we, we 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 get more than just a scuffle, or not really a scuffle. Now that I think about it, we get a. Uh, a standoff. Batman's got his grappler, Grim Knight's got his real big boy gun, and they're facing it down at each other, and they get this whole scenario, and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm the, the top ten greatest shots in the world, or some shit like that. And Batman talking. Goes to shoot the grapple, uh, Grim Knight misses, but he wasn't aiming for his head, he's aiming for the fucking passing train that was going on behind him, and he wraps the thingy around Grim Knight's leg and boo goes flying away into the, the horizon team rocket style. But it's not long before he shows back up and he says, Okay, no, I'm 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 after Gordon and he realizes that it's not James Gordon that he's after, which you would think, because of his knowledge and whatnot. No, they're after commission he's after Commissioner Gordon. So he gets him some Commissioner Gordon and then he takes off. <laughs> then we cut over to the iceberg lounge. Yeah, well, the Iceberg Lounge is where the beloved Penguin dwells, and he's bitching about how his, his ice dice aren't uh, properly loaded, <laughs> and all this other stuff, and then, boom, Batman Who Laughs makes his way in, and we have ourselves a little confrontation. Uh, Penguin, he stands up to him, but not before getting headbutted, <laughs> and, I, I mean... If you're not familiar with what the Batman Who Laughs looks like, which I would imagine you are, but if you're not, he's got this big giant steel metal spiked visor around one's eyes and forehead. So if warned one were to get headbutted by such a thing, fucking hurt. So <laughs> you would imagine that old Oswald Cobblepot's in some motherfucking pain, but what's he doing there? What does this have to do with anything? Well, Batman reveals that Penguin, in his world is actually Batman's last remaining villain. And and all well not just in his world but in so many others, but Batman who laughs specifically says my favorite version is the one where Batman actually tries to also become a crime lord, but he's through his means he's able to make all of that stuff legal and the only way to take take down the penguin was to just be a bigger boss. <laughs> And, yeah, that's when he headbutts the fuck out of him. And I'm not... I, I, I obviously missed something. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe it was just fan service. And I just thought, you know what? Let's let's make the... Let's give the, the Penguin a badass moment. Even though, the, technically, they made him look like a bitch. But he very much, you know... Or the Batman Who Laughs gives him a whole bunch of credit. And he's like, no, dude. The Joker 
uh, Two-Face, the Riddler, none of those motherfuckers had shit compared to how you actually overcame the Batman. So, yeah, and then boom, headbutt. <laughs> so, we're back with Batman and James, they're in the sewers, and James, or Batman, he gets word that the Joker woke up from Alfred. Alfred, he's he's a little, he's a little beat up. He says, look, dude, that motherfucker was on so much dope, there's no way he should have even been able to, you know, move his jaws to be able to talk. But he got up out of there, smacked me around a little bit, made a mess in the Batcave, and, uh, he gone. So, yeah, you get that call. That's not good, right? You would imagine that can't be good. And then Batman has this moment of realization, like, oh, shit, you were right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna... I'm going to have to let the Venom take over. And he goes into the, the Batcave, and you get this ominous shot behind him where he's all, <laughs> all villainy. And yeah, man, that's, uh, that's issue three in a nutshell. A large nutshell, but a nutshell nonetheless. Setting up some stuff for show. Let's move on to number four. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Alfred. He's now confronting Bruce because we know Bruce is standing there in his madman maniacal type of ways alfred confronts bruce and you know he sees he's got the visor on bruce has made the the, the whole visor thing and this is really really fuck this is a pivotal issue in the batman who laughs history and lore because we finally get the explanation of what this visor means it's not just part of a cool character design a very seemingly inefficient character design considering how much you need to be able to see and how that such a device seemingly doesn't allow you to see. But it turns out you get to see better than most, because this device is made out of nth metal, and Batman was able to construct his own visor, nth metal visor, out of the nth metal that he was able to scavenge and scrape out of Gotham. And he, he does foreshadow and touch on the fact that, oh yeah, there's still a little bit of nth metal out there, but I got most of it, and yeah, I'm putting it right in here. So what is the point of this visor? How are you going to see when you put it over your eyes with magic metal? Well, you're able to see the, the dark multiverses around. So it's essentially kind of like the way sonar would work without echolocation. It's uh, sonar with the mystical powers of nth metal, essentially. I don't know how better to explain it, really, but that's that's the best I can do. But nevertheless, we have the explanation of the visor now, which I find to be rather dope. Alfred, however, does not, and he goes to rip it off Batman's face, and he actually punches Batman in the face. And Batman's taking it for a second, but then you start to realize, and it's you mainly realize it through the dialogue, as Bruce is talking from here on out, you'll have your normal... You know, a white text on the the black bubble, as it is throughout the story. But the, there'll be even not even necessarily a full word. Sometimes it's just a few letters of a word, where it'll change in the same font and red lettering and text that the Batman who laughs is conjoined with. So you could see and sense through the lettering that yes, there is a transformation slowly occurring. The Batman who laughs or at least a dark version of Bruce, Batman, is lurking inside of him. Well, in the scuffle with he and Alfred, Bruce throws a punch back, but it's he, he quickly realizes what he did, and he hugs Alfred and says, I'm so sorry, and Alfred understands, and yada, 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 you, you, you get it. Well, then we cut over to the Batman who laughs, 
in his bat cave, and he's got Jim Gordon all tied up, and the Grim Knight stands behind him, and just security mode essentially. He's his number one, number two. <laughs> I was I was gonna go on a fucking weird rant for a second. Never mind. Uh, anyways, back to the story. Uh, the the point of BWL's infatuation with Gordon isn't necessarily good information. He has an appreciation for him. Now, in a world that Batman Who Laughs has lived in, before he was actually created, he gives Gordon credit for his existence because uh, in this world, Gordon is tracking down the Joker, and when Gordon tries to take him down by the books, the Joker... He rigs Gordon's notepad or some some book of some sort uh, with this spring-loaded acid trap, and when he opens it up, boom, acid to the face, burns off his fucking nose. Well, that sends that world's Batman into a fucking tizzy, kills the Joker, and through the power of uh, comic books, the Batman who laughs is birthed. So, indirectly, Jim Gordon is responsible for the creation of the Batman who laughs for the first time ever. So that's where that appreciation comes in. Now, he's not going to make him a, a general or a sergeant in his army. No, he's actually going to allow him the the opportunity to uh, sit and watch Gotham burn. <laughs> As he releases this, he, this uh, fucking disease, virus, if you will, He's, he's showing Gordon, he's like, see these two little toucans there? Or there's this gaseous thingy that's going to turn everything into shit. And those toucans there is enough to fuck up Gotham, so... And I got enough... And I got, I, got, I got so much of this. That's just the tip of the iceberg of what I have. So you can imagine, I'm about to fuck up some shit, dog. And I'm going to let you watch. So, yeah, that's, that's his reward for, you know, being the Batman who left sperm donor. Essentially, <laughs> I guess kind of yeah, um, metaphorically. Now, <laughs> well, all that's going on. Batman, he's being Batman. He's patrolling the streets. He's got the visor on. He's trying to track down all the clues he can. He gains a little bit of clues. Then we cut over to the sewers. He's down in the sewers. He's testing the water. Got to get the test. Got to figure out what's going on here, because yeah, you know, the last laugh initiative. Well, turns or. He, Behind him lurks the Joker, and Batman grabs him by the collar, and he goes to, you know, dump him into the water. And Joker says, look, dog, you do not want my blood all up in this water. Hear me out. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to help you. I'm really here to essentially make sure that we both lose. Uh, if you turn into the Batman who laughs, I'm here to kill you, and you should appreciate that. Now, that's not exactly how that scenario goes, but that's how it ends up. Uh, like I said, this is a in a nutshell type of scenario. My favorite part about that whole thing, actually, there's probably four or five bits of dialogue in the I don't know seven panels. The this little scenario is being told in the confrontation between the two, and, and, oh, and there's there's some good shit. But my favorite is kind of a bit of an homage, I believe, to the Killing Joke, where he. He being Batman and the Joker, after they make their agreement to not allow each other to win, essentially, as long as the Batman who laughs doesn't get his way, uh, they, they sit and they have themselves a little chuckle, a little laughy-poo, a giggle, if you will. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I've, I mean, obviously, uh, a throwback to The Killing Joke, the end of all that. Mm. Oh, good stuff, man. But that's that's not it. It keeps going. Keep in mind, Snyder, he's he's got a lot to say. There is there is a lot to say in these books. He is wordy, but, you know, it's I, I very much dig how, how... Usually I'm not into dense books. But this one... It's worth it's worth all of the time it takes to get through, <laughs> and I don't mean that in any bad way at all. I, it sound, even though it kind of sounded snide. Uh, all right, so continuing on, Batman after his patrolling and all of that, and his confrontation with Joker, he's now led to believe where the next portal may open up because of uh, nth metal patterns and remainings throughout Gotham. He's just, you know, Batman information. It's above our heads. Way above our pay grades. But he realizes the next portal may open up in Arkham Asylum. So he goes in there and wants to see what Bruce is going to come through the portal next. And as he gets in there, he's confronted by this guard. And the, uh, he and the guard, he has to convince the guard that, you know, I'm Batman. I'm not the Batman who laughs because he's walking around with the fucking visor. He takes it off. And for a moment, you see the red eyes go away. So, yeah, uh, that he's somehow able to control that, or I, I don't understand that, but nevertheless, you, you you get the idea, the comforting thought that, yes, okay, that's Batman. He's talking to the guard, and next thing you know, he and the guard are in another dimension, and in this other dimension, a Bruce Wayne, along with a bunch of other guards, approach our Batman, and this Bruce Wayne is much older, and he seems to be the the runner of this here Arkham Asylum at Blackgate. He's the warden, I think is what you call that. I don't know jail terms good. <laughs> yeah. Well, after we get a little bit of back and forth between the two, we're right back in our Arkham Asylum again. And then it's revealed that this guard that Batman was was with, that took went along for the ride with them, was actually the Batman who laughs in disguise. And uh, it's not just he and Batman that's teleported back. The warden of the other dimension is also back, so another Bruce teleported just like Bruce predicted. And the, this guard, just like the Batman who laughs, cuts his fucking throat. Well, from here, uh, the Batman who laughs is able to, when he puts on the, the riot gear helmet, it's somehow able to uh, convince those, I don't know, that's technological jargon, holographic, visual impairment, I don't know, I'm just making up fucking big words to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about, but yeah, he convinces you that he's something that he's not, and he uses that with the other guards, and he orders these other guards to open fire on the Batman, and that's where our issue four leads off, so Batman, we know he don't take bullets good. So, will he survive? Probably at least three more issues. And maybe until the end of DC Comics. Who knows? But I betcha that we read more Batman in issue 5. I betcha. So let's get on with that issue 5 now. So, uh, before we get to the actual storyline, we do get a bit of a, a recollection, if you will, in the first pages. Where young Bruce, he's recalling a coin that his daddy gave him. And this coin is to symbolize equality throughout Gotham, and what this coin actually is, it's a its a bus token. I say that, you know, in all these other fancy cities, 
the the rich live on the other ends or on the far ends of town because it costs you know and they can afford to because the further you travel on public transit the more expensive it gets well in gotham it ain't like that so it's shitty everywhere and it's equally shitty and this this train coin uh, represents shitty quality and then we go back to our story back in arkham asylum where he's not taking bullets good turns out batman takes bullets a little bit better and you know he at least snyder's batman does you know he's got the kevlar cape he's taking the bullets like a you know like a fucking champ but uh the guards instantly from here on out they're just hit him in a shoot for aim for his mouth he's got a kevlar cape until we can get the fucking armor piercers all up in this bitch same for the mouth and you, you hear that, that that becomes a theme throughout this this book from the guards well, uh, Batman who laughs, he just poofs, vanishes, disappears, says, peace, bitch, while the guards are still firing on him. Batman, he's still trying to be Batman. He's not uh, being overtaken by the, the serum completely. And he still has his Batman morals and not killing, and he really doesn't want to kill these people. But he's still got that fucking sinister type of, uh, you know, serum creeping all up in him. So he does this thing where he calls out the guards... Uh, after he's pretty much pleading with them, saying, you know, don't make me do this, he calls out the guards, uh, the, the, their families, says, oh, so-and-so little Jimmy goes to such-and-such school and gets off at such-and-such time. You know, if you don't stop, I will find you. I will hunt you. You're not going to get out of this, and I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of little Jimmy Poo. Or, you know, uh, something along those lines. Uh, and that's enough for the guards to go, oh, shit, okay. Because they really do think he's the Batman who laughs on account of, you know, he's wearing the fucking visor and all. Well, from there we transfer, or transfer, we go over to our Commissioner Gordon. The last time we saw Commissioner Gordon, he was getting eaten alive by these little Robin thingies that you see the Batman who laughs, you know, toting around with. Well, these particular Robins, they're not Robins, actually. I mean, they are Robins, but they're not you know, uh, Batman Robins. <laughs> That's probably confusing. They're actually ver uh, different versions of Gordon's son. And, yeah, that's just, you know, for creepy uh, uh, shock factor, I guess. But uh, it's still cool, nevertheless. And so he's getting eaten by his sons. Well, his actual son saves him, shoots the motherfuckers in the face, and gets him out of there. Warns, well, not necessarily warns, but informs Batman that Gordon's... He's been, he's good to go. Well, Batman, he's not getting shot at anymore, so they all meet up. Before I get to whatever the fuck they're fixing to do, we gotta go back over to the Batman who laughs, because remember, he just poofed the fuck up out of there. Well, his next step is to visit the Court of Owls. He's in front of the Court of Owls, and he, he asks a small favor. They don't say what that favor, he doesn't say what that favor is for a moment, because, uh, frankly, the, the Owls never really let him do it. They give him his moment, you know, to plead, and they say, well, our youngest make the decision, as is tradition. So the old BWL stands in front of this youngling and says, hey, I need your help. And the young says, nah, nah, I think we're just going to cut off your head instead. I want your head on my mantle. And yeah, so I just sentence you to death by talons. And Batman who laughs is like, dog, dude. I didn't even get the chance to say anything. And the courts, you know, they're like, well, it is her will. You know, she gets the head, we'll figure out what to do with the rest of your body, and enjoy death by, you know, talons. So, Talon shows up, 
they go to fight and hoo-ha and whatever, and, well, as you would guess, it just doesn't really end well for, for Talon. <laughs> so now we go back over to Gordon and all of them, and they say, okay, we've got the stuff we needed right here. We can initiate the, the last laugh protocol, and let's lock down this motherfucking city. Make sure the Batman who laughs can't do any of his shit. Make sure he can't get the toxins, or if he does get all of his toxins, the six canisters he needs or whatever to fulfill out his plan. You know, we're good. Well, as they do that, uh, it's kind of a two-man gotta-turn-the-key-at-the-same time type of thing. Uh, the Batman who laughs, he's able to holograph message himself into the Batcave, and from there, uh, through a whole bunch of dialogue, you realize that, okay, no, this was his plan the whole fucking time, Batman realizes it, and he has second thoughts about going about what he's doing, we get this dialogue where the Batman who laughs is trying to convince people, or convince Bruce, that... This protocol was not developed for safety. It was a, a means of power and control and blah, 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 blah. So, uh, through this two-minute countdown is initiated, and we get this whole, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? He's turning, he's going bad, you know, because we know that he's Bruce is slowly turning bad throughout this whole time. And then, bam, the end of the issue, he does the thing. So, boom, a little bit of a cliffhanger, but because this is a trade negotiations, y'all don't have to wait a month for me to continue. Let's get on to the sixth issue. So, uh, Batman, he allows the Batman Who Laughs plan to work. He, he, uh, he, but him doing this, he's, he was all, it was all ruse. He wanted the Batman Who Laughs to think that, you know, okay, I'm cool. Uh, I'm on your side, dog. Brother, let's, let's fuck some shit up together. But it was all just a trap. And so the Batman who laughs is convinced, so he's off doing his thing. Meanwhile, our Batman, he's he uh, <laughs> he's able to direct all of the power now. Because in this, while this protocol is in effect, uh, yeah, it's, you know, science and Gotham and Batman. <laughs> He's able to control the power in the city, and he makes it so that anywhere there's any place close, or yeah, anywhere close to this dark metal, where these portals are able to open up, there is no power except for in one spot. So that funnels uh, the possibility of any portal to be in this one spot. Now this portal is significant because, as I uh, explained earlier in the the episode. When the Bruce, these random Bruces come from these other dimensions, the you know the there's always found with this puncture by the heart. So and this blood is needed to create these serums to be able to infect the Batman or yeah, just got them with the Batman who laughs, fucking bad shit. Well, uh, then more Bruces need to come through. So yes, he makes it so that. Yes, this is, it'll lead Batman Who Laughs here for sure, and that's exactly what happens. Batman Who Laughs shows up, portal opens up, and little Bruce, a little baby Bruce, not baby Bruce, but young Bruce, I don't know, six, seven, eight maybe, uh, 
pre-parent's death Bruce comes running through and Batman with his scary face is like, ah, run kid, go run for the hills, I got this shit. And the Batman who uh, who laughs at this point, he realizes, okay, and Alfred as well, he's warning him, Bruce, you can't fight him because you're at 5% whatever and if you exert, if you get your blood pumping at all, you're, this this disease, this virus is going to take you over completely. And the Batman who last realizes that as well. So that doesn't stop Bruce from going and throwing some punches. And from here, the Batman who laughs, he's getting kind of, uh, he's confused. You know, he's imagining he's going to be turning any time. He's like, why the fuck isn't he turning? What the shit, man? What the shit? But before... Or, I mean, but while all of that's going on, we get our, you know, the the little mini battle, if you will. We cut back over to the Gordons, and they're in the Batcave. Now, the Gordons, at this point, they've actually had access to Batman's arsenal. So they gear up, and they're pretty much waiting for the Grim Knight to show up. Because they know the Grim Knight is going to show up and try to hack the system and reroute the powers and all of that shit. And, right on cue, Grim Knight shows up. But when... <laughs> Uh, Gordon and Jim, or, well, the Gordons is what I'm going to call them. Uh, when they come out of the arsenal to fight the Grim Knight, they're dressed up like fucking Terry goddamn McGinnis. They have futuristic Batman Beyond outfits. And I found this to be fucking incredible. There's even a point in time where they highlight, if you will, the word beyond and throughout a bit of dialogue to really ram home the fact that Yes. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're fully Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond suits. So, it's, uh, dude, so fucking badass. So badass of Scott Snyder to throw that in there. So we, we get some back and forth, but one thing that I didn't really mention is before while they're entering into the arsenal, and by they I mean the Gordons, before the Grim Knight shows up, uh, Jim or James, I mean, the son, he's trying to explain to his dad how sorry he is, and he's really reformed, but the commission isn't having it, man. You know what? I don't want to hear it, son. Let's just do what we got to do, and let's be on our way. So as the fight goes on, there's a point in time where uh, James actually turns on his dad. And, yeah, Grim Knight's like, ah, I'm not even going to make you a Robin. I'm going to make you fucking... Oh, I forget what he says. It's a way cooler... A bird than a robin, that's for sure. But nevertheless, he still says sidekick bird. <laughs> it doesn't really say sidekick, actually. He actually goes away from the word sidekick completely. But, uh, yeah, acknowledges you won't be my sidekick. You'll be my partner or whatever. But and you'll be like screaming eagle. But it won't. It, was near, it wasn't that cool. Not even close. <laughs> you get the idea. It's different. So, yes, we, we get the, the daddy-son fight at this point, or fixing the to brew. Then we go back over the Batman who laughs, and uh, instead of uh, the Batman who laughs going after the little Bruce like Bruce expected, uh, he, he just goes after that Bruce, and we get this crazy, creepy dialogue where he's pretty much saying... Look, this is kind of what I wanted the whole time. I I want you and the best version, the best version of a Bruce I can get right now. The happy is the happiest version. The happiest version you could possibly be is that the 
absolute moment where you completely turn into me. And the blood turns over and blah, blah, blah. So just as he's fully transformed, he gets stuck and boom. Joker's, or Joker, not Joker. Batman who laughs, he has his serum. So, <laughs> some fucking, uh, some deep shit all in this sixth issue. And I could see now why they added the seventh issue. <laughs> I do, because originally, you know, if you look at the first, I think, four issues of this series, it says six issue maxi series, and it was after that that they announced, you know, we're going seven on this motherfucker. So I, I, I'm glad they did. Granted, they probably could have just made the 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 six issue double sized, but then they wouldn't have been able to get ten dollars out of us. So that's besides the point. This is about the story, not about DC. This is celebrating Skyder or Skyder, <laughs> Skyder. That's your new name, Scott Snyder and Jock. Cause goddamn. Well, let's get into that seventh issue. So at this point in time, Batman is fully transformed, and you know the the two they face each other down. And we, you know, at first you think, all right, cool. These guys are about to kick ass together and be evil together. But no, that's <laughs> instantly the Batman who laughs. He pulls out a fucking submachine gun. And I, there was a point in time where he kept going back and forth. It looked like he was pointing it at his head. But the fact is, they both acknowledged that there could be only one. And yeah, well... Before they decide who that winner is, as the some machine guns getting waved around, we go back over to Gordon and Grimm. So the the fight between the two go on, and yeah, Daddy fighting you, and all this other stuff. And the Grim Knight, he's holding down Gordon because at this point in time, he actually releases a little bit of this serum shit into the water, and. Gordon, he's holding Gordon in the water, hoping that, you know, he gasps out for air, and when he would do that, he would consume this stuff, and he would, well, be infected with this toxin. But before all of that could happen, uh, Sun has a second, or a change of heart, I guess, and he pulls out an, the knife, and he starts up fucking stabbing the shit out of Grim Knight. And really, to my recollection, that's, I think that's the last time we see the Grim Knight. Now that I think about it. Uh, now granted, this sequence happens throughout the entire the entirety of the rest of the story. We actually go back throughout the panels and you know that's it's it's pretty cool how it's done, but because I don't want to go back and forth like that, uh, I'm and I wouldn't be able to do it as well. I just kind of spoiled the ending of <laughs> how all that turns out between the Grim Knight and the the Gordons. But back over to the Batman Who Laughs and Batman. So, as Batman and the Batman Who Laughs stare each other down, uh, he has the Batman Who Laughs, he has his vial. And I guess when the mountains turn blue, he knows the... the <laughs> Sorry, I live in Golden. Um, when the vial light goes off, dings, microwave beeps or whatever it is the uh he knows the the trans or the transformation is 100% for sure completely occurred and it's safe to you know kill off the batman 
Well, Batman who laughs knows everything about everything because he is also Bruce and realizes, oh, this vial is probably also going to be Wayne Tech and it's probably going to be rigged to make me think that there is going to be such and such because Batman kind of gives this indication when he says, oh, yeah, well, I'm also, you. I don't know, I, I, like I said, you got to read the book yourself. But he gives this indication, kind of like this slight hint to Batman who laughs that, you know, is he's falling into Batman's plan and he's being tricked and trapped as well and... Whew, there's all types of shit. And now he's fucking frustrated and pissed. Why aren't you changing? I don't get this. This is crazy. There's no way in hell. How, I mean, you have, even Alfred, he fucking said you have no active, or, you know, healthy blood cells left. So Alfred is fully convinced that, you know, he has no idea what the fuck's going on. He doesn't know why Bruce isn't changed either. But he shows up. And he shows up because at this point, Batman and Laugh's like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go after that goddamn little kid instead. Because I forgot about your ass. And you're still floating around here and I still fucking stab you in your goddamn heart and get the blood out of you and create the fucking serum. I need to fuck shit up in Gotham. Turn everybody into their happiest, best laughing selves. Well, Alfred shows up, shotgun blast to the motherfucking dick, into the chest, into the face. But it wasn't enough. And we get the stand down between Alfred and Batman Who Laughs. And we get this uh, um, really cool fucking explanation about the Alfred in his world. And how the Alfred in his world is still alive because he's being tortured as his Batman Who Laughs manservant and shit. And there's this whole cool fucking backstory behind all that. It's dark and creepy. It's actually probably the creepiest part of the whole fucking Batman Who Laughs story is Batman Who Laughs explaining this to Alfred as he's staring him down. Poor old Alfred with his shotgun and no shells left and the Batman who fucking laughs. But Batman snaps out, bam, fucking kick to the goddamn back of the head and he actually smacks Batman Who Laughs over the fucking head with Martha Wayne's gravestone, tombstone, whatever thingy fucks him up real goddamn good and well frankly that's that's takes him out that's that's it for the batman who laughs <laughs> I, I it's i mean the way i explain it it kind of seems well that that was it i just Al, alfred distracted him batman hit him in the back of that well yeah kind of but still uh, fucking kick ass i know as i was reading it never once i was like oh that was it so like i said sometimes i, I apparently i didn't do it any justice beers are working <laughs> lame the beer when when in doubt well they get back to the the bat cave alfred and batman and bruce he seems good he's good well he got himself a little blood transfusion from from young Bruce, and it turns out that whatever Bruce world that is in, the little kids apparently have some hyper-regenerative stem cell shit that goes on in their blood cells and whatever, and Bruce is healing rapidly. But you could tell throughout the dialogue, yes, he seems cool, everything's fine, and, you know, the the, the talk balloons, the, the, the font, the way it transferred between the red and the white and the text and the, the font type and all, that was a good indication of how transformed Bruce was throughout this whole scenario. Well, when everyone's, as everything's presumed to be hunky-dory, you could still see every great once in a while a red letter pop up again. So I don't know if that's any indication that that motherfucker's still a little infected or 
whatever. But uh, nevertheless, it's still... <laughs> it leaves something cool floating around. That's for damn sure. Well, what happened to the Batman who laughs? They didn't just fucking leave his, uh, you know, body there and tombstone crumble. He didn't kill him. Batman didn't kill him. He imprisoned him under the Hall of Justice. And that is actually touched on in the Batman Superman uh, series that's happening with all of that. So Batman Who Laughs lives the fuck on. That's for damn sure. But as Batman and Alfred are, you know, saying, okay, cool, we saved the world, but the question is, is how come you didn't change? Well, Batman, he has this uh, hypothesis, and that hypothesis is that the Joker laid down a whole bunch of clues while he was in their, uh, well, custody, if you will. And those clues indicated that there was essentially some decelerator in the toxin, the neurotoxin, that was released to the Batman to allow him to change, start the transformation. And because, you know, if this toxin was slowed down, that would allow Batman the ability to, you know, whatever. So Batman gives credit to the Joker. Says this is how we beat him. Joker knew what the fuck was up, and he thought ahead of all of us. Well, Alfred says, nah, bitch, you be wrong. What it really is is your sheer will to be Batman and to be good and to prove the bloody, bloody, bloody Batman way. Well, Batman says, blasphemous, I don't believe you. Well, as Alfred says, you know what? Whatever, you're, you're right, Master Bruce, but check it out. Guess what I gotta do? I gotta, when I sent off little Brucey into his world, I told him about his family's fate, and when they about to go into that show, what gets them killed later in Crime Alley, you gotta make sure that they don't go to that show. And he has this this <laughs> feeling of I gotta save one. I gotta save one. And that you know, I, I actually thought that to be once again, Alfred steals the fucking story twice. The seventh issue just makes Alfred the hero out of all of this because not only does he provide the distraction needed for Bruce to to well, kick the BWLs in the back of the fucking head and tombstone his ass if you will, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he also actually saved a Bruce Wayne, so in the, of all of the worlds, the Batman Who Laughs world, <laughs> uh, well, no, I take that back, I guess that's not necessarily the case, but in one world, a Bruce gets his parents, so that's, that's cool, that opens up another fucking possibility for a, a miniseries or a story down the road. I, re I really appreciate what Snyder did with this. He really planted a lot of seeds for a lot of future Batman stories, even though he claims he's not writing any more Batman stories after this Last Night on Earth uh, story. So, kudos to you, Scott Snyder. Jock, you killed it with the art, man. I would admit that in the beginning I was just a wee confused about just because of the Grim Knight situation, but... Uh, as it went on, you clearly tell who the fuck was who. And, oh, god damn, this art is good. All of it. All of it was so good. I am very, very impressed with this story. I'm glad they decided to add the extra issue. It really sets up a lot of stuff. This issue planted so many seeds. So, you know what? This has been a 100th episode, everybody. 
thank you all so much for this last year of podcasting and all your support. And I'm going to remind you where you can continue to support. And the best way to do that is Patreon, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. And there's all types of tiers for you to choose from, uh, from a buck on up, and you you get your money's worth, you really do. And it shows it shows me that you're listening. And it helps improve the show. Uh, I do spend a lot of money on these books to provide this content. I don't tour in them. I every single thing I talk to you about, I buy. And you know, I you want me to read more? I'm gonna need a little bit of money. <laughs> but uh yeah, Patreon is always cool and suggestions as well. Suggestions always help the show and the feedback, all of that good stuff. Hit me up on the Twitter at Cheers to Comics. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Cheers to Comics Podcast, Facebook as well at slash Cheers to Comics. And that is gonna do it. 100 episodes, everybody. Oh, man. It's been a hell of a year. More to come. This has been Trade Negotiations. I have been Brian Wayne. Thank you, Slurts, for tuning in. Cheers, fuckers.